talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity 2021, guys. This year is so much better. <laughs> All of the heartache and pain of 2020 is good. No, that's that, I can't say that. That's uh, that might sound like I'm being <coughs> being uh, yeah. uh, insensitive. But hey, uh, today actually it's a great great uh, topic because it gives us the ability to expand on what we talked about last week, and that is uh, how do we how do we know um, what to change in our life? So last week our podcast was about um, uh, resolutions. Resolutions, yes. But today is, how do we know what to resolve? So I guess we got this back <laughs> out of order. How do you know what to, to resolve to do? How do you take inventory of your life? Do you guys, and, and do you do a regular inventory of your life? Brent, you're the guru. Yeah, you are the guru. <laughs> Inventories are important. I try to take an inventory of of not just work, but life itself on a regular basis. And for me, I think it's, incorporating this into the part of your very DNA, so to speak, the essence of who you are, so that on a regular basis, it's it's a constant thing. You're, at, you're constantly going to the Scripture. You're constantly going in prayer to God and asking God to reveal in your heart and in your life and in your mind things that are not of Him, things that are drawing you away from Him, and uh, helping, asking Him to, to, to share with you and, and give you ideas of what is drawing you close and what is good and acceptable and, and pleasing and holy and righteous in his life in in his eyes in your lifestyle and reflecting and doing more of that. So the the inventory aspect is not something that we just do in January uh, of a new year or shouldn't it should be an ongoing lifestyle. But then you've got the busyness of life that kicks in and all of a sudden you look and a year or two has gone by and and a lot of us fall behind and it's like wow where do I where do I go from here how do I start uh, a new year on the right foot with a with a correct inventory what does a correct inventory look like that was part of what we're trying to get started here yeah and so what areas do we need to inventory and obviously we could easily just say everything but but to me there are specific areas in my life that I want to make sure that I'm, I'm knowing uh, the temperature. So I guess we could think of it that way. An inventory simply is a temperature check. You know, what, what's going on, and, and are you making progress in these important areas uh, so that a year from now, two years from now, whatever, you don't find yourself going, man, I sure wish I would have. Um, so for me, my, my first thing is, how am I in my walk with the Lord? Is it, uh, is it stagnant? Is it stale? Is it uh, behind? Is it, is it alive and growing? And realistically, I think all of us will have those those seasons where sometimes God is so very present. At least we we recognize Him as present; He's always there. But and then sometimes He feels distant, and I think that actually has a purpose as well. Yeah. Um, but for me, the spiritual life is the most important and probably the first because I think that although our mind, our body, and our spirit are all tied together, I think the spiritual is the most important mm-hmm. because that's the part of us that's eternal. And let me stop right there and, and add something on to that, because I don't want people to to think as we talk about the spiritual that even the three of us, it when, when you say seasonal, it's three, four, or five months where we're just walking 
on cloud nine with God and everything's right with the world. Yeah, sometimes because, two or three days in a row. Yeah. Well, yeah, for me, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a daily type of thing, but I don't think it, I don't think we view it from a daily perspective as yeah. in yesterday stunk. Today's a whole lot better. I feel good with the Lord today and tomorrow. Eh, it was a little bit, you know, it, I, I'm not really looking forward to it because of what's on the calendar. So it's more of a, a long-term view of it, a, a longer view a, so that it's, I'm trying to, I don't even know how to verbalize what I'm, what I'm thinking here. So it's not a microscopic view of my relationship with God. It's more of a 10,000 foot view of, of the direction that I'm going. Because every one of us have, you know, we can have two or three days in a row as we were kind of joking and saying, man, everything's good. And then all of a sudden I feel like I fall flat on my face. But that, if that's the way that we're viewing things through a microscope, Every day is going to be a flaw, and nothing's going to be successful. So I think it has to yeah. be a, a longer view of the general direction that we're going. And then, based on what you were saying, it's the idea of keeping the end in mind. Where do I want to go? What what do I want to look at this time next year and reflect back and say, this is the things that I wanted, or these were the things that I wanted to add to my inventory. I did pretty good with that. Or it stunk really bad. I need to reprioritize those in my inventory and start working toward that. I think I think that well, one of my favorite sayings is we got to play the long game. Uh, at least that's in my head. My favorite saying, and the long game means we're not looking at our faith like a day trader. You know, a day trader is always looking at the screen and microscopic movements. He's going to buy. He's going to sell. And and day traders by and large get in trouble. They by and large are losing money. I know there's some that don't do that, but but yeah. we can't look at our faith in that way. And I think that's a lot of what yes, you were saying. Exactly. We've got to look at it and say, you know what? The grace that I give others, I've got to receive myself mm-hmm. from myself because God gives me grace. And the reality is we are living, breathing human beings. When the Bible tells us that we're to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, you know, you've heard it said before that a living the problem with the living sacrifice is it can get up and walk off, right? right, right. And, th- and that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a process. God is renewing us. He's fashioning us. And it's not an easy or a, or a, a it's not a straight line going up. I mean, it's a, it's literally a fluid, mm-hmm. up uh, and yeah, up and down. And, and, and we got to look in the long, long run. What is Absolutely. God doing overall? I, I meet with teenagers on a regular basis as part of my ministry here at the church. And, some of these youth and some young adults I've been meeting with for years, and we'll have this exact same conversation. We'll we'll sit down at Panera or Chick-fil-A or something and start talking, and then they'll just pour their heart out and say, you know, these last two days, God feels like he's a million miles away, and I just, I'm messing up, and I'm doing this, doing that. And I say, wait a second. Look at where you were this time last yeah. year. And look how far you've progressed mm-hmm. to the here and now. That's the view that we want to live and and purpose. So when we're when we're trying to figure out our inventory and where we are and where we want to go, I think my encouragement and our encouragement is look at where you have come over the long run and look at where you're wanting to go over the long run and don't get all been out of shape because today was not a good day in my walk with the Lord. Well, you know something? Tomorrow is a new day. Wake up refreshed. And 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 turn and focus and and that's gonna that's gonna definitely help in the long run. And that's where inventory comes into play. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you're able to take an honest look at at what's going on. And I think that's actually the key word for, for me, anyways. An honest look. It's not aspirational. It's not what I what I want other people to think. It's a real hard look at this is where I am in these areas. Because you really can't 
fix anything if you don't know exactly what's going on. And if you're the only one, I would I would add one thing to that. It's a true, honest look at yourself, but it has to be through the lens of Scripture, through the through yeah. the through the Holy Spirit, and asking honest, hard questions of God. God, what is in my heart and my life that is not honoring and glorifying to you? God, show me the ways where I am excelling and I'm passionate in my pursuit with you. It'll allow him to help glean and refresh and refine the work that, that is within us, and that will give us an accurate inventory of, of where we actually are. You know, I think uh, having the big, long view, really, it's very helpful, but on a day-to-day basis, one little, one small little tweak, hmm. one small little tweak in life can change their trajectory completely. Um, and so, you know, as we do an inventory, we, we often, I think, think of the big things, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that because there are big things in our lives that, that are obvious to us that are inventory that needs to go. But that little thing, what is that one little tweak that, that can make it's a little acorn that a year from now grows into this big mighty oak you know it's it's one little thing um so i, I don't want to overlook those and i think that is that long view um what is one and, and and that's something that can be done you know almost daily and and compound <laughs> itself and and grow and grow and grow so for the person that's doesn't have the spiritual walk they don't have the spiritual life at all there's nothing going on one minute, one minute with God. You know, I mean, just something. Obviously, we would say you need more than that, but but that's a start. You know what I mean? Like, and it grows from there. And the same is true on the reverse side of that when it comes to issues that are drawing us away from God. Undo it, yeah. it because it's a whole lot easier to pull up a weed than it is to pull up a tree trunk. Absolutely. Right. And right. so focusing on mm-hmm. on the prayer life of God, mm-hmm. show me what's in my heart and a life that's not in tune mm-hmm. with you. And as soon as He reveals something to you, pull that Hold sucker yeah. up at that moment, and then suddenly your inventory of what's good in life is a little bit better, and what's uh, distracting you away from God has just gotten smaller, and that's an awesome thing. And this is where other people who can we allow to speak into our lives can be very helpful to us, because we all have blind spots, and we have things that we don't see, and uh, and sometimes we have things that we see, but we choose not to admit that we see. And so to have somebody and maybe a few somebodies who who we could say, mm-hmm. all right, I'm tough, you know, be gentle, but but shoot Bring, straight. Yeah. Tell me, you know, tell me what I need. And and when we have that in our life, it really does make for um, sometimes some revolutionary mm-hmm. changes, even though they might be small changes. It, those little tweaks yeah. might be the the catalyst of something marvelous in our life, and we'll never get yeah. there. And it's pulling we... a scab to see the next level that you may not even see because of that first level. Um, yeah, I, other people are so important, and, and the ones we trust, you know, yeah. building into us. Flip side of that is it's going to be painful. Well, no, yeah, and that's <laughs> that, but that's but it's growth. I mean, yeah. so you know, it's working out. It hurts, and it, but you know, yeah, I, I worked out yesterday. Okay, not really. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I did I, one sit-up, though. But I would say, as far as... Oh, good job. Get down to bed, Dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a good one, yeah. Uh, I bet you did more than one, but I, was, I won't get in. Never mind. Okay. All right. Back on. Anyway, sorry. my mind just went a whole new direction. I'm sorry, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> yeah, my mind went another direction. Um, I, so, yes, people you trust and love speaking into your life and, and helping you look seriously at your inventory 
flip side of that, other people that maybe are just other people in your life that aren't those inside circle, trust, accountability kind of people, we don't, we need to, we need to be better. All of us, me, we need to be better about letting other people control the inventory in my life. Um, I mean, not control the inventory. Not control. Yeah, okay. like yeah. like the demands from the world, from others saying, and that's boundaries, I guess, but hey, you know, because you look at it, the, I don't know the big ones, career, family, church, um, relationships. I mean, there's school, and then you start getting into extracurricular You're activities. About places Th- of these, inventory? Yeah, these are the, the big topics of inventory. Yeah. And you've got other people demanding like, okay, well, I need more from you uh, at school. I need more from you in the ball team or, you know, in band. or And, and we just allow this piling up of inventory in our lives. It's the idea of good versus great. <clears throat> Jim mm-hmm. Collins, yep. And then, you yep. know, good versus godly. And there's a lot of good things that demand our time, but how much of that, from an inventory perspective, do we have to give? And one of the things we've not really mentioned is the inventory of rest. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, We have to inventory how much time we are resting, and not just physically resting, but mentally resting, because a mental exhaustion kind of goes in the beginning of what we were talking about. I'm mentally exhausted Therefore, I'm emotionally exhausted. Therefore, I'm physically exhausted, and I don't have anything else to give. How can you ask me to give just time to figure out an inventory? Because I don't, I don't mentally have it seven, because of exhaustion. Seven Habits Highly Effective People, written, goodness, was that 30 years ago now or something? Yeah, but, something like that. But build margin. I mean, that is one of the key yes. seven. Margin, yes. margin, margin. And as much as we know that and believe that, there's still this underlying okay, my success is not that. My success is going to be to do more, to do more, to do more, and just keep piling it on. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better husband. I want to be a better... So I'm just going to do more, do more, do more, and You know, I'm, I'm interested in, in the topic of flaming out. And so you guys know this about me. I, I kind of I look at and I research specifically pastors who have flamed out in their ministry, either by sin or by exhaustion or whatever, and it seems as though one of the common traits is great success from from being when they're young. Mm-hmm. So like big success young, and that eventually it seems catches up to them. Now I I don't know that I, I know enough about it to correlate between if you're successful young, when you're older you're gonna burn out. But it seems as though there is a definitive pattern there. And I wonder if part of that is the idea that you gotta make your mark with you know you got to do everything you know right off the gun right off the bat and make mm-hmm. your mark and then you you realize that you're no longer chasing the tail the tail is chasing you right. how is that though any different than any other aspect of life as you were talking about that you think about sport athletes every you know 95% of the sport athletes who are professionals are under 30 years old what about musicians that are that are the brand new with the hottest musicians yeah. out there are under 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 yeah. we, we go to see the, the ones that the, the quote-unquote has-beens that's been around for 30, 40 years, and, and they're making their 12th final tour. And, you, you know, <laughs> you, you look at them, but how many... That, that's very, very few. Think about businesses and, and CEOs. Think about uh, one of the podcasts we talked about a month or two ago had to do with um, social media and the different 
people who who had started the social, you know, like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. These all of these were young folks. Mm-hmm. So even in the very core, the very premise, I think, of our cultural our culture here in the United States and our um, our, the way that we the way that we operate here in, in in this part of the world is this young based ninety to nothing make your mark early and ride that wave until the end. Yeah, but how many of those that you mentioned, whether it's athletes or musicians or whatever, uh, don't don't uh, fizzle out? I mean, think of very the ath- few, and that's the point that yeah. they were trying to make. Almost every single one of them have ended with broken, messed up careers. Yeah. At least, the, you know, the, the big names yeah. that we know about, how many of them continue on, it, it seems it's a whole lot more burnout than maintain that that same energy for the rest of their lives. I don't know if this relates. I remember years ago, I watched an interview with uh, Charles Barkley. He played Auburn. Terrible. It's just yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, just I like, terrible, I like terrible, Barkley. terrible. Not an Auburn fan. I like Barkley, and of course, had a good career Auburn? in the NBA. Did he go yeah, to Auburn? Auburn? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I saw him in an interview, and he actually, uh, I, I believe, I'm pretty sure it was him, he started this uh, agency, this whatever, that kind of worked along with the uh, agents for the athletes to kind of help these new athletes as they came into the league. And one of the things he's talked about in this interview was he tries to teach these young guys who, you know, basketball especially, they're not even playing a full college career. They're coming at 19, you know, and starting in the But he tried to teach them the principle of one. And the mm. principle of one was you can have a girlfriend, but have one. <laughs> you can have a car, but have one. You can have a house, but have one. He was saying it joking, but serious too. That but I thought, how, how smart is that though? Here's a guy who, you know, it, then he was probably only 30 something, you know, relatively young compared to us, but, but NBA, he's an old wise sage at that point. But his whole idea was, um, you know, just preparing yourself for the future by doing the right things in the now. Um, because they come, you know, they get these multi-million dollar contracts and if one car is good four better yeah. girls, <laughs> houses, you know, and then 10 years later, they have nothing to show for it. So I think that kind of, and a, and a broken us. body and a broken body. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're going to be done at 30 or before that. Yeah. So, know. but all that, you know, full circle back to what you were saying originally, Jeff, when, when we look at what, one of the things that you look at are the pastors who have flamed out, who have burned out, but Honestly, that is, that's what our society, I wouldn't say it celebrates, but that's, that's what we see yeah. all over society in almost every, every avenue, every, Then the flip side uh, of that, we have so many stories of people that have had a brush with death. And before that brush with death, they may have been running 90 to nothing and, and had that full inventory. I have no time in my life. Then suddenly they're laying on a hospital bed for a month and they had a bad heart attack or whatever. And then they come out and they have this whole new lease on life. And suddenly everything that they thought was important, they just cut it. So I guess the point of that is it is possible. (laughs) It is possible for us to trim massive amounts of stuff in our life and reprioritize. So that's inventory. You know, one inventory on the shelf isn't selling, isn't being productive, uh, but we just keep trying, you know. Maybe it's time to cut it. Yeah, and you know, uh, along those same lines, inventory. Uh, what's not or what's not selling? Because every I, it seems like I heard. Don't quote me on the statistic, but Walmart reduces their inventory by like ten percent or eight percent, or it, it's some pretty large amount. And basically, they're saying if we haven't sold this 
in, in a way that's actually really selling, we're going to cut it because mm-hmm. shelf space is precious. Um, the thing about cutting things out of our life, though, is we tend to leave things there because of emotional reasons, not because of logical or, or beneficial reasons. Mm-hmm. So we have an emotional attachment to something that we're, we're not wanting to let go of something else mm-hmm. because of that. And that's ultimately harming us. It may not be mo- moving us backwards, but it's, um, what's that term called? Uh, it's opportunity cost. Yeah. We're not doing something because there's no space for it because we have an emotional attachment to something else that's not producing anything good in us. Mm-hmm. And so it's costing us ultimately forward progression in our own maturity and our own, in our own life. The word that pops in my mind as you were talking about that is the word hoarding. Yeah. yeah. And we, we, the majority of people would condone that or, or look down on that and say that's not healthy from a materialistic perspective, but inventorying who we are as Christ followers, who we are in our emotional and mental state and time management, what are the things that we're hoarding, as you're saying, that are not beneficial, that are slowing us down? That, and they're heavy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they really are. I mean, part of the reason that we do slow down is because of the heaviness of life. We feel that weight and stress on our shoulders and our bodies, and that's that mental and emotional exhaustion that without proper rest and Sabbath, it's not going to get any better. Rest for success. You ever notice how so many people endure life rather than live life? And we've all been there at that point where we've endured it. And, and you know, I'm not at all making light of anybody's circumstance because sometimes enduring it, just surviving is all you can do at the moment. But I don't think that Jesus intended us to live our entire life just getting through. I think when Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it most abundantly, I don't think he was talking about stuff, or he was even talking about ease. I think he was talking about the intangible things of life, like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, so that even in the midst of great suffering, there can be a true uh, life. I heard a sermon last week somewhere, um, but the, the statement was made, all the good stuff happened in the wilderness, talking about in the Bible. Mm. I thought, man, that's really strong, but... It also went on to say, but the wilderness always led to something else. And yes, we have all have many times in our lives those wilderness experiences, but God used that to lead us to something else. Um, so I know we have listeners who are in both those seasons, um, but yes, the abundance is the goal. That is definitely what Jesus is, the life that he's called us to, but that doesn't negate that there will be wilderness times, but those are for a purpose of getting us to the If the, in, the if, if we can grasp that the enduring is the temporary, the enduring yeah. is the short term, intended to be the short right. term. And yeah. and because for the love of us, Christ endured the cross. Yeah. The enduring of the cross was not a long term. It was a temporary, horrific, right. temporary um, endurement. But in the end, it was based on love, and, and the overflow of that was life everlasting. And, and in the Bible, Hebrews... 12, I think it is. Run the race with endurance. Philippians. I don't, run the race with endurance. Philippians so, doesn't have a 12. No, no, no. no I, I, knew, I knew it wasn't 12. I knew that. Okay. I just but, sent you both yeah. the text. That's why it's vibrating there. Yeah. But uh, I, I knew it wasn't 12. There's four. Okay, I know. Four. Yeah. 
but it may Ish. be in Philippians. I don't Four know. Four times. Yeah. Three. Hey, have you ever been preaching and suddenly you lose the exact number of something? And so you just kind of generally round about kind. That actually happened to me mm-hmm. Sunday. I was talking about uh, the years of silence and I knew it wasn't 700. It was 400. I yeah. knew it was 400, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I couldn't yeah. think yeah. of the number. And instead yeah. of taking a stab at it, it was, I go, you know, a couple hundred. <laughs> a couple, <laughs> couple just, yeah, just yeah. handle it. Yeah. Um, okay, so what about the intangible things we should inventory? Um, like feelings. Maybe oh, goodness. It, should we inventory our own feelings? Should yes. we inventory our own bitterness or anger or those things that are hard to do but probably healthy to do so? Yes, 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 yes. yes. What's the practical of doing that, though? What's that look like? I think it's... Well, so here's the catch-22. We've already kind of spoken of it, or at least in one of one of our conversations today. Uh, in order to inventory those deep things of the heart, we have to have margin in our life to where mm-hmm. we can get to those places. So you got to have it in order to become healthy, but, you, but, but if you're not healthy, you don't have the time or the energy or the strength to do it. So at some point, you just have to say, I'm going to stop. Collaborate and listen. But no, sorry. I'm just <laughs> so, ice, ice Jeffrey. I'm just gonna. <laughs> st- <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> oh my gosh! I would love to be a listener right now, and just to be a fly on the wall. You idiot. Um, you just gotta stop and say, I'm gonna pay the price now, and and take the time to really get a handle on what's going on. Because I'll either pay now or I'll pay more later. I mean, that that's the bottom line. It's the weed. Like it, he was talking about yeah. earlier. Like you got to pull the weed. Like a weed of bitterness grows into something huge. But the practicality behind that. What? So here's an example. Uh, because our lis- listeners, I hope you're asking, what's the example of being able to do this? One way I was thinking through doing this, if you have a technological device, go through your contacts periodically. Delete, and, delete, delete. Well, not just delete, but... <laughs> When you see that person's name, what's the first thing that comes to mind? That's and a good if idea. bitterness or anger or frustration or just the uh comes out as I see that person's name, now's the time to reflect and say, what's the root of that? And it's, it may be reconciliation needs to take place between you and that person. Yeah. Maybe it's forgiveness, but there's that part of that emotional inventory. Why do I feel this way? Yeah. I, I don't want to carry this animosity, this anger, this frustration, whatever it is toward that individual, what what's keeping me from looking at that person's name and having a smile on my face? And if there's something that you can do on your part, even if it's just forgiveness, we say just forgiveness. See, you know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and the number of times to forgive, I said, you got to understand, because of that specific hurt in your life, the whole idea of forgiving 70 times 7 that's for you. Mm. And every yeah. day you may need to forgive that person for that act against you that happened umpteen years ago every single day, 70 times seven uh, days in a row in order for that to truly be gone in your heart, in your life. Because forgiveness is for us. It's more. It's not for the other other person. It's for the healing of our heart. And if I'm carrying that bitterness and that anger and that frustration as I inventory, I was like, I've got that. The only way to get rid of that is through that forgiveness. And so today 
I want to forgive. In my heart, in this moment, I ask forgiveness, and I forgive that person in the name of Jesus. And then when I wake up frustrated with them again tomorrow, guess what? I take it back to the cross, and I ask again and again and again. So that's one practical way. That's a great idea. Is just to go through that. Now, if you're like some people in this room who have 3,000 friends on Facebook, that's going to take you a little bit longer uh, Kevin, <laughs> than, than somebody know. else. But just I'm, Don't I'm, hate me because I'm popular. No. I'm, just, I'm just thinking of practical ways to be able to put this into perspective of keeping that inventory. Look at the person's face and think about it. One of the things, too, um, if, if somebody, might, somebody might ask, okay, so, so I'm looking at this contact and I feel these things. How do I, what do I do with that feeling? You, you do pray for yourself. Lord, help me to recognize the, the root of it. Help me to deal with it. But then praying that God would bless that person mm-hmm. because it's hard to be mad at somebody and pray that God would bless them. Now, I've done it, you know, gritting my teeth. But what I've found is that when I pray that God would bless somebody continually because I have this feelings towards them or against them, it actually changes me. And I can literally see a difference in how the prayer becomes easier each time I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the genius of what Jesus was saying. You know, if, if you're, if matter of fact, I don't think I've ever thought of it this way. This is a whole nother podcast, I guess. But when, when he says, you know, if a soldier forced you to carry his cloak, carry it, uh, or what is it? Carry One his mile, carry it too. Yeah. yeah. Was it a cloak or he, Anyway, when he when he says do it, the back, yeah. and when he when he slap at one face, you know, turn your cheek and slap mm-hmm. the other. I think maybe part of that is not just for them to see the witness of Christ in you, but I think that's for us. Internal, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Never thought that's of that before. Point. Mind, what blown? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's uh, 29 minutes and 25 seconds. We have blown through 30 minutes, and mm. I feel like we haven't even just no. barely scratched the surface. It feels more like 50, 55 minutes <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know, we've been here a while. Yeah. It could have been that we started this podcast and somebody didn't push record correctly. Maybe hey, we need to take an inventory of how we do this. Let's do this. Let's come back. Let's circle back to this topic another time. Okay. Because um, I think that there's a lot here that would be uh, be helpful. So, um, any last words? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Take an inventory. Take an inventory, um, find somebody you trust, and let them help you. But I would suggest you do it on your own first. That way you can get your perspective, and then you can see if they will, without without you telling them what you thought, see if they will confirm any of that. But take it with a grain of salt, because ultimately you are the one responsible. You're going to say something? Yeah, just practical. Think of one thing, one thing. One change. Small, maybe small, that you can cut. Just one thing. Go with it. Start there. All right. You guys have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Miss Christianity. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.